They came from the four corners of America to defend our way of life, to boldly stand against the forces of darkness when the USA needed them most. Sadly, they didn't do a very good job of it. But hey, they can't all be winners, right? Burt McGonagall's The Tales of the Brotherhood of Ridiculous People starts now. Episode 11, Brotherhood on the Case. Agent Jenkins stared at the amazed crew before him. Christ, did none of you get any sleep last night? Vel adjusted his sunglasses. Are you really fucking kidding me? I barely got any sleep rooming with Beavis and Butthead over there, talking about circle jerks. This is clearly unprofessional. I could care less what you think. Kasiri, it was your leathery vixen over there starting it all. Oh, fooey. You're no fun. So, you were in their room last night? Rod and I went to pay our teammates a visit. I wanted to meet them since Mr. Ackroyd was p p p Pace in the room, I thought it was okay. PJ, having enough of the side chatter in this meeting, began to shout. Enough. Back to the task at hand. Now, has anyone heard from Gladys? Well, Sugarbomb. Before bed last night, I called her husband Ricardo, but the neighbor Mary answered the number instead. She said that both her and Ricardo were gone, and that she was watching her son Winston. She said that Ricardo left because of a family emergency. That's not like her to try and check in. Even if she w w was mad at PJ, she always calls to talk to Winston, even when we were on the road. How was she paying for those calls? She didn't have a cell phone. She p p put it on your credit card. PJ stifled his anger before Agent Mills chimed in. Then this means that Gladys could be captured or worse, hurt. By whom? Do we have like a supervillain or something? I mean, they don't even know some of us exist yet, right? Right? Not entirely accurate, little man. They know about some of us after what we did in Jersey. She headed north, which means she could honestly be anywhere. You'd think someone with echolocation would be able to tell the difference between north and south. On a side note, um, Mr. Pep. A demure knock came from the door of the conference room. PJ turned to the door. Yes? The same agent from the previous day opened the door and peeked inside. Uh, agent Jenkins, Agent Mills, um, there's a man at the security desk saying he wants to speak to you. We've been trying to get rid of him for the past half hour, saying that he knows his wife's in trouble. I'm not sure what's going on, but he said that he wasn't going to leave until he saw you. He says that he's been texting you straight and trying to call you for two days. I didn't have my phone, Rod. But it gets weirder, sir. Weirder? He... he has a furry creature with him, and he's kind of mouthy. Rod, do you know anything about this? That better not be who I think it is. I have no idea. I haven't heard from f f f Frank in a few days. 
He turned back to the agent. Tell him I'll come see him soon. Don't give him a specific time because, to be honest, we're still trying to figure out this whole situation. I don't want to promise him anything we can't keep. Very good, sir. The agent said as she walked out of the conference room, Willie the Hobo raised his hand as to get the meeting back on track. Excuse Willie, but Willie can find that lady. You can? How? Willie can track that. Willie can smell better than most. But you've never met her before, Willie. How could you trace her scent? <laughs> Lady smells like boiled maple tree blood. Smells sweet. What? That is the nicest thing I've heard all day. Moments later, the door abruptly opened as a man walked into the room, Where wearing is a New York Mets right, jersey, you, followed by you, what looked like a badger. I got a bowl to with purpose. I already security before I arrived back. How'd you get through the guards? Guards? What guards? If those were guards, they sucked balls. I'm looking for my fucking wife, asshole. And if it wasn't for this very little fuck right here to tell me that there was something wrong, I wouldn't have known a goddamn thing, would I? You're... you're Ricardo? Oh, look, 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 a fucking genius. Frank, he's a fucking genius. The badger squeaked away. Rod looked at Frank curiously. What are you doing here, Frank? I told you to... Well, he came with me, alright? He told me you were in danger too, but it looks like you're perfectly fucking fine. After PJ over there, we got some beef. I've been driving for two days fucking straight, and if I have to listen to another goddamn Tom Petty song, I'm gonna flip my shit. No, no, keep it up, Fairball. Go ahead. You can spend more time in the fucking trunk. I know you like Tom Petty, but how many times can you listen to running down a dream before it becomes a fucking nightmare? You you can uh, uh, understand him? Yes. No. Somewhat. I, I had to learn the hard way. Body language says a lot. So does expressionism. Trust me, so it is riding in the trunk of the car. Ain't that right, Frankie? Agent Mills, seeing as how she needed to play peacekeeper to these wackos, stepped Excuse in. Excuse me. Ricardo, is it? I know you've driven a hell of a long way to get here, so I am going to make this as short and concise as possible. Gladys is missing. No shit, lady. All right, the badger told me. We don't know exactly where she is, but we are going to use every bit of our power and ability to find her. Uh, no. I'm sorry? No. No, you assholes aren't going to do a thing to find her. Me, Frankie over here, Agent Fuckface are going to take a nice trip out to wherever you all were, pick up a fucking scent or something, maybe he's part Golden Retriever, and his sorry ass started this problem. That's right, you, PJ. And you're going to help fix it. Whether he likes it or not, or so help me, I will find the ashes of Tom Petty and stuff them up his ass. Do you understand me? PJ sighed, knowing that Ricardo was right. (sighs) Look, I know. I know that I haven't been the best ambassador for this program. I've treated almost each and every one of you as if you were commodities and not people. From this point on, I want to make things right. You'll, You'll get no push from me. Let's just find Gladys. Willie wants the help. A cadre of security agents came through the door as guns upon guns pointed at Ricardo and Frank. Willie pissed himself as he jumped onto the wall in fear. Stand down! PJ stepped in. Stand down! Stand down! Stand down! But he delivered, sir. I am telling you to stand down. I have this handled. 
but first, a word from our sponsor. We don't have any sponsors. Back to the show. The guards put their arms down as they were commanded. While everyone was cooling down and focused, PJ commanded them. Now, go back to your posts. Dismissed. The guards started to leave as Billy got up from his chair. Agent Mills put a hand on his shoulder. Not you, Billy. Oh! (laughs) He said as he got back down, another thought came to his head. Wait a second. I have an idea. What? Lucy. Dude, after the shit you pulled last night, how could you need a speedball? No, I mean we could use Belushi. Explain quickly because I'm not following. Belushi died in 82 from a combined drug intoxication, possibly caused by Kathy Smith, but we don't know that for sure, who injected him with a mixture of heroin and cocaine known as a speedball. Look, I know what a speedball is, alright? Get to the fucking point, kid. Uh, Belushi, when he's inside of me, has enhanced senses, like smell, hearing, taste, and sight. I can also run really, really, really fast. Okay, so what's the downside? He's reckless. It goes that the situation is not caring about what happens to me. Apparently he teams up with Janice a lot. <laughs> Look, I, I, I love that you people have these fucking powers and abilities, but you're wasting valuable fucking time. Let's just take who we can use and go from there. How about that? Gladys watched as Walter got dressed to go to work. Kinky. She was shocked that he was shaving in a basin and wearing a suit and tie. Where do you fucking work? None of your business. I bet Walter's a politician. You know, low level, of course. You think I couldn't be a banker or a mayor or something? I think you look like a dick in a suit. I think that the two women being held captive in your fucking cabin, they have the right to know where you work. He pointed at the photographer. She's a woman. You're some crazy devil-worshipping bat chick. He put on a blazer and straightened his tie. How do I look? Like a goddamn psychopath. Fuck you. I'll see you when I get home. He walked toward the door, but turned towards Gladys. Oh, and by the way, Even if you do manage to get out of your bonds, you won't be able to get out of the house. He pulled a weird remote control looking device out of his pocket and turned it on as he closed the door. Gladys waited several minutes before she could no longer hear footsteps. With her supernatural hearing, she heard Walter's truck pull away. What do you think he does for a living? Sheesh, you don't look so good there, do you, huh? Uh... Maisie. You can call me Maisie. I think you might be sick. You might have an infection from what Walter did. Gladys unraveled the netting that was keeping her down. She ran to the door and almost touched the doorknob, but stopped. What's the matter? Can you get to the door? He's electrified the entry points of the home from the outside. How? How do you know? A friend of mine had an electrical charge before he shocked me. I feel almost the exact same thing here. Thank you, Rod. What about the windows? I gotta admit, this asshole thought it through. What are we gonna do? I should just leave your sorry ass here for not solving this mess in the first place.
Meanwhile, in another troop transport, the team makes their way from Andrews Air Force Base to Colorado Springs. This time, there's no one but them on the plane. Rod Stiles was covered from head to toe in his suit. Mill smirked as she patted Rod's leg. How's the catheter, Rod? I'm going to do the trick, seeing as how I'm in the air. You're not stuttering. Well, I am strung out on a b- 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 bunch of meds. Uh. Vel and Darla were getting acquainted. Hmm. So, do you bleed? Not anymore. I don't have any major moisture in my body. Hmm, so there's nothing I can do to turn you into maple syrup? Okay. Mrs. Bonerworth, I know you mean well. But if you're thinking about what I think you're thinking, it's going to hurt you. I am like Velcro, remember? The name? Velcro? She cuddled up to him. The thing is, Velcro has a hard side and a soft side. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> so what about Keith Moon? Ollie asked Billy as they sat near each other. What about him? You can only talk to those who died while partying, right? What about Keith Moon? You know what, I've never come across him. Maybe it's because he didn't live in America or something? So you might get an entirely different bunch of deadies that can affect you outside of the US? Oh dear God, maybe. And another thing. The story has always been that Elvis died while having a heart attack on the toilet, not while partying. I know what you're going to say, and I can't explain it either. It's like Elvis was the party, you know what I mean? He was the entire party, so that's why I have a connection with him. Maybe it was his love for America that made him gravitate towards you. Maybe he knew that you were going to join us one day. Billy seemed distracted, as if someone else was talking to him. Uh-huh, well, how did you find that out? Okay. Ollie looked at Billy, confused. Who are you talking to? Apparently Gladys is in a log cabin near Cameron Peak. Hmm, that's, that's just a few hours west of Fort Collins. How do you know? Belushi scouted him, told Elvis what happened. Since you mentioned him by name, he was around. He won't come around if Farley is here though. He doesn't like Farley at all. Why not? Belushi hates Farley, and it's quite sad really. Farley idolized Belushi in his comedy when he was growing up. Enough so that it came out in his own acting. But, uh... Belushi thought he was a one-trick pony. Billy nodded as he turned his attention to PJ, who had his head buried in a map. PJ? Don't call me PJ. Oh, sorry, Agent Jenkins? What do you want, Billy? I'm busy. So, Belushi had a general location. We need to find a log cabin near Cameron Peak. Cameron Peak, are you sure? As sure as Belushi is as a scout. But I'm not sure it won't be treacherous. I mean, I really don't know. Belushi can scout. He can't tell me if anything's so treacherous think or not. there might be some danger in this? I would be prepared just in case. He turned towards what Agent Jenkins thought was thin air. Who are you talking to? I knew I should have waited for the visor. Billy spoke to the invisible apparition. No, I'm not going to tell him to trust you. I don't even trust you, John! Does he, by chance, have an exact address? No! But he does want you to trust him. Well, at this point, it's all we have to go on. Ricardo overheard 
The conversation. Hmm? What? what the? Hey, you know something? Log cabin in Cameron Peak is all we have to go by at the moment. Right, good. All right, baby. All right, just stay put. We're coming for you. In the cast, you heard Bert McGonagall, played by Robert Hunter, Agent Philip Jenkins, played by Danny Atwell, Agent Allison Mills and Darla Somerville, played by Emily McAnulty, Willie the Hobo, played by Justin Gregory, Ricardo Jimenez, played by Miguel Pedroza, Val Cromwell, played by DJ Jesse Jess, Billy Aykroyd, played by Max Hunter, Rob Stiles and Walter the Hunter, played by Dan Mac McCloskey. Gladys Hamilton, played by Stacy Atwell. Maisie, played by Rachel Crosby. Oliver Pep, played by Paul Schroyer. Effects by Zapsplat.com. Tune in next time. Dark Charm Media, copyright 2022. All rights reserved.